Oh, good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I hope all the mothers out there had a nice holiday. I had a nice Mother's Day. Of course, later on, I'm going to talk about the history of Mother's Day uh, uh, that the corporations don't want us to know about. So uh, thank you uh, all for that. And I thank you for all my, the people who support mothers. And uh, right now, we've been uh, sponsored by the uh, uh, Heal, the Virtuous Healing Circles uh, by the H.G. Walden LLC, Virtuous Healing Circles. Uh, my guest is right here already. All right. Her name is Miss Julia. Uh, Julia uh, uh, Hills from Akron, Ohio. Uh, I've been following the case in uh, Akron, Ohio for a while. Uh, and uh, she so graciously came. I, I, I gave permission to say that she would come on today. So how are you doing, Miss Hill? Well, after a wonderful weekend. Great. Thank you. All right, thank you. What is the uh, I, I, what is the black population of of Akron, Ohio? Well, that's a good question. I think um, the total population of the city is somewhere around two hundred thousand. Okay. We are approximately twenty five percent of the population. Okay, okay, and then you have uh, you have other people of color there. They're also immigrants and uh, 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 and of course Latinos uh, uh, and uh, and Asians. I'm sure. That's correct. And actually, in the city, we might even be more like 30 or 40. Okay. Um, in the county, we are less, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of black people still stay in the city then? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I mean, I still like the city, too. I mean, I like to rule life. I like rule uh, parts of America also. It's according to where I'm at. <laughs> I grew up in Florida, so I understand things. So I, I am from, I am a Floridian uh, by birth and uh, raised in Florida. So, um, but uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you about, uh, you know, you have some, you, ha you have some tragedy that's going on. I mean, tragedy is everywhere where, where we have police officers who uh, have, uh, you know, they get immunity. On so many ways, uh, uh, and that, and the case that you're going to be talking about clearly shows that how immunity uh, does uh, affect police consciousness and the things that they do because uh, they just know what they they can do this with impunity and know that they're not going to be charged with a crime. So, I'm um, thank you for coming on, and uh, you might want to give a little history about the NAACP in your city and how long you've been president there. Okay, sure. Um, the Akron branch of the NAACP has been around for a hundred years. Uh, we celebrated 100 years uh, in 2018, and uh, we're proud to say that we have been moving and, and grooving and going strong. Um, we have a history of uh, presidents who stay for quite some time. Um, for me, this is my third term, and I believe it, it's one of those uh, jobs that you really want young people um, to, to get their energy and their mobilization ideas. So I'm encouraged by the fact that uh, hopefully this will be my last year. All right. So this is your third term, you say? Is yes, that four years? Every four. So, okay. Yes, no, right. every two. Oh, every, oh, so it's a two-year uh, you're two uh, president's yes. there is a two-year term. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to mention young people because sometimes it, young people are... Uh, they they have different ideas, like we all did, of course. But uh, in the times are different, and and just uh, having them to uh, to actually understand longevity, uh, yeah. uh, and and uh, what what longevity and what corp what collaborations look like. See, I mean that, uh, okay. uh, and, and and just trying to do that. So um, so I well, challenge to help them understand right. what that those collaborations look right. like. Right. Because for a long time they didn't engage. Um, right. 
And I know the generation before me, they had a hard time letting go. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have that problem. Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess some people might say I've had that problem because I've been around. We started in 1990, uh, Mothers for Police Accountability, Mothers Against Police Harassment. And now uh, uh, it's Mothers for Police Accountability since 1996. And uh, we've been around 33 years. Uh, we're all volunteer, just like the NAACP. Uh, uh, and uh, just trying to build uh, uh, capacity. Uh, you have to build capacity to get leadership. Uh, and then I got appointed to the Community Police Commission uh, in 2019, uh, 2013. And that has taken a lot of my uh, other time. And, uh, and the people who do this work uh, continuously sometimes are, or are, are really past 50 or 60 years old. I mean, because they've come through, uh, they've come through knowing what it's like to put oatmeal on the table for 40 years, <laughs> 30 years, get kids out the house and, uh, and all of that. See, so uh, we're, we're in the process of uh, another rebuilding phase uh, and to look what uh, what uh, legacy and what uh, uh, leadership change would look like. Uh, but it's not too many people gonna do this work free today as all volunteers. That is a challenge. That is a challenge. And that's a real challenge. So, um, but uh, you had a uh, young man, uh, uh, Mr. Jalen Walker. Uh, and so I know you're going to have an event next week. Uh, but before we get started, uh, uh, Ms. Carolyn, uh, Car Carolyn Riley Payne was the past president of the NAACP here for, uh, for a few terms here in Seattle. Uh, and now she's with AXO. She's been with AXO for 40 years. Uh, uh, and so I'm just giving you greetings from her. I, I, I had not been able to get her, uh, to talk to her personally, but I know that she would love for me to do that uh, because I, I think that the NAACP here is about 100 and maybe 10 or 15, but it's, it's, it's over 100 years old. So um, I believe it's like a, maybe, uh, maybe about 110 years now in, in Seattle. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Yes, and so she's been the president. And it's amazing about these chapters, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm a great fan of uh, one of my one of the persons who I believe should always be on a box of uh, Wheaties as a uh, uh, delayed uh, Thurgood Marshall, uh, 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 Chief Justice. But um, I mean, not Chief Justice, but he was on the Supreme Court for many years. I mean, for the work that he did for the NAACP, and uh, when I mean, I, I'm just so enamored about his work and uh, his dedication and. Um, his uh, uh his desire for excellence. I mean, you know, you know, and and so I just commend you for being president of the NAACP. I still think it's a fine organization uh, that has got a lot of work uh, has done in the past, and uh, with things looking the way that they are in America, that people want to take us back to Jim Crow. I know that a lot of young people will wake up. <laughs> well, and I hope they don't wake up too late. Yes, uh, you know, because once the legislation has gone into play, it, it makes it hard. This makes uh, it hard. But they've yeah. already done the hard thing. The hardest thing for Americans to do in their mind was to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. They set president for it. 40 years. That's right. So the president has been set, see, and that's how case law is. But that's how Thurgood Marshall built his cases. He built them so you could do this. And so and so they're uh, laying the groundwork for yeah. uh for for the coming after Ruby Way and uh, uh and it's gonna wake up a lot of people because we're in the constitution. Most of the people who come to America are not involved in they're not uh, they're not uh, uh in the constitution the way that we the way that we are, you know. So um oh yeah. You know, and, and even uh they've been utilizing a certain playbook and they've yes. been going from state to state. That's um, right, that's right. And they organize it. But see, you yeah. know, uh, I mean Hill 
40 years ago, they took, they took, uh, they took a page out of our book because see, we never went home. We knew the, we knew constant, but see affirmative action and good jobs got black people out of this, out of the movement. Yes, it did. It did, see, and that's what happened. And they took they took the page up because the evangelicals was not involved in uh, was not involved in uh, in politics, and they were tapped by the GOP to come out with hot button issues like gay issues and uh, you know uh, right to life and no, and, and no and no uh, no uh, no button uh, no uh, no issues around uh, around uh, jobs and um, and uh, health insurance. But and because um, of that, we are no longer a um, uh, homogeneous group of individuals fighting for jobs or fighting for that's right. know, the work is broad. And and unfortunately for us, right. everybody doesn't see the value because they have a job. Or they that's, have right. that's right. Mm -hmm. And that's why the affirmative action uh, actually sent black people home. Uh, uh, instead of still organizing. And once you leave the table, uh, what's his name? Ephel uh, uh, Randolph says you can never leave the table because right. once you leave the table, you're being, uh, you're being served. Uh, uh, something else being served and you're, not, uh, you're on the menu instead of, uh, uh, instead of controlling what's on the menu. So yeah, so yeah. So I really applaud the NAACP for staying in there uh, because the time will come when we will need the NAACP again. I know that I think you said you had limited time today, so I don't know how much time you have, but you might want to just uh, go ahead and kind of talk about uh, your event and talk about. I mean, I'm sure you met Jalen Walker's family, uh, uh, and you met his, you know, you met his mother and all this event. Absolutely, absolutely. You might want to tell our audience, uh, listen on again, what happened to Mr. Walker, who <laughs> how did that seem to be uh, a guy who had just robbed the bank or nothing? I mean, it didn't seem to be uh, uh, that type of guy that would wind up with what happened to him. So would you want to just go ahead and talk about Jalen Walker's forum? Yeah. Absolutely. And every opportunity we get in Akron, we believe in sharing because our case is not unique um, no. as we go across this country, which that's unfortunate. But here we had a 25-year-old young man who was chased by police for a traffic equipment violation. They not only uh, chased him, but unfortunately he was outmanned, um, outgunned and contained in an area. And, and they shot 90 bullets at him, 40 of them killing him um, brutally. He was unarmed. Um, he, matter of fact, his gun uh, was left in the vehicle. But when he got out, he um, unfortunately was running and uh, that gave them in their mind probable cause to shoot. Um, Jalen Walker in their mind should have stopped for this traffic equipment violation. Um, however, he did not. And in my mind, that is not a reason to kill someone or shoot them, um, for, uh, uh, shoot at him 90 times and kill him with 40 bullets entering his body. Um, I just want to ask one question. Did he, have, he didn't have a warrant out, did he? He, didn't, he did not have no not. outstanding warrants. Okay. He did not have a warrant. Okay. There was no drugs, alcohol in his system. Nothing. Wow. No. Wow. Uh, obviously, they, um, the police officer checked his plates before they went to pull him over, saw that he had um, had an altercation the, the couple nights before in another township where he did not stop same thing and they just gave him a ticket 
in Akron, they decided um, that they were going to chase him. Um, uh, allegedly, um, a bullet was fired out of the vehicle. Um, we have not, we're still waiting on that solid proof, uh, but that is what the police officers claimed. That gave them probable cause to chase. Um, and there were at minimum 15 police vehicles chasing one young man in a car. Wow. And so uh, once the ballistic is in on the, on the, uh, on the bullet, and uh, if the police uh, uh, account of the incident uh, is not verified by the bullet, by, by the uh, ballistics, uh, is there a possibility of reopening this case? Well, I'll have you to know that uh, we've been waiting. This happened June 27th of last year. Um, amid protests, um, uh, several initiatives that have occurred since, we finally just received um, a response from the grand jury. Um, and of course, you're not going to be surprised that the grand jury found that they, uh, all the officers were innocent. There were eight officers who were um they could uh, validate, shot their 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 uh, guns. Um, those eight officers were on trial, quote unquote, through the grand jury process. And the grand jury said that they were justified in what they did. Wow. Uh, I was appalled at that. I really thought that one, two of the officers, maybe three, would have been um, charged with his uh, death. However, uh, it was not so. So in Akron, we have asked for a pattern and practice evaluation. Um, the NAACP, um, the Urban League, um, our, our elected officials on a national level, we are all fighting for them to open this up and look at what's been going on in the Akron area. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a sad day. Um, some oh. of us knew that this was coming because um, you know, I, I, I call it the Mike Tyson syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, the police department was getting a little too cocky, a little too careless. And they started doing like Mike Tyson did and bite off ears. And sometimes you go too far. Right. And the Jalen Walker case was one of those incidents, in my opinion, where they bit off an ear. Um, and so you hurt yourself in order to um, win what you feel is, is your victory. And that's unfortunate. Um, and I think it's, it's set the city on a trajectory that uh, it's kind of sad. Um, but we do have some wins, a few little wins, and we're holding on to those. Uh, we now have a new mayor. Our hope is that this new mayor, who was actually a part of um, a change initiative that the NAACP was a part of, we're hoping that that will help us move the needle in regards to maybe not justice, but change. Well, I, well man, uh, you all just have a, um, you have a tough road ahead of you, just like all the rest of the cities, because the unions, they, the uh, police guilds, are, they, they're not guild, they're not unions, because they just, they only are concerned about themselves. The police guilds around across America have everything so, uh, uh, so sewed up uh, uh, with the with the way that they uh, get the negotiation in the city negotiates uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the power away uh, uh, from the city to the police uh, to police officers. Uh, and one of the things that I think that mothers we've been talking about lately 
is that we have to change the narrative. They're not public servants. You and I are public servants. They're public employees. Uh, 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 I mean, they're public employees because they get paid on public money. Uh, 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 you don't you don't get paid on you you you're serving the public. I think we have to bring back public service to people who are actually serving the public without getting paid or without 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 being voted in. I mean, mm -hmm. these people they 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 get voted in. Uh, or either they're, you know, like, like city employees or city employees. They are public employees. They work for us because we pay them. It would be no police in America if we if they were all volunteers. <laughs> the only volunteers you have today are the firemen. And in small rural areas, you still have uh, volunteer fire department uh, uh, people, uh, uh, firemen. And also in the places where you have a lot of uh, forest fires, you have viral volunteer uh, people who help fight forest fires, okay, and they come in, they might get a stipend or get some compensation, there you, go. There you, go. you know, mm -hmm. but they're not public employees. They're you know, not subject uh, to being able to get a job back if they get fired. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and, and so I believe we need to change the narrative and stop calling them, stop calling them. I mean, they are public, they are public employees and not stop calling them public servants because mm -hmm. people get in their mind and think they're doing a service. They're doing a service because they're getting paid to do that. And, and very few of them would be there if they weren't getting paid. Ooh, I agree. I totally agree. And, that's, and I think the narrative change has to come from us. Because your, ta your, your, whatever, your taxes in your city that you pay, I, 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 that, that goes, to, uh, goes to the city council and to the city government pays police officers. And if there's a federal grant that grant goes away, and if they give you a grant to, uh, to hire ten police officers, or I'll say five million dollars for five for so many years, when that grant goes away, you have to still hire those police officers. You cannot, you cannot fire them. So, okay. so, so the federal grants does not pay for policing. We the people do. There you go. I agree. So yeah. So I mean, and that's one of the things. But I, I, I'm just wondering about the ballistics. Because why should it take so long for the ballistics? Because uh, I don't know, they knew how many shots was fired from the other side. So why don't they know about the ballistics of the gun that uh, Mr. Walker was supposed to have had? Well, that's one of the things that we are going through and dissecting right now is looking at the grand jury information. Um, I know that our local newspaper is doing just that. Uh, we have some volunteers from the NAACP who are willing to also look at that information that was submitted to the grand jury and find out some of these details that we still have answers. We don't right. have answers for. Right. I will tell you this, uh, in a case like this, where it was important to know if he did fire his weapon, the coroner did not even test for gunshot residue on his hands. Oh. I, I find that very odd. In a case that that is an important piece of a puzzle, right, 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 that we'll right. Never know. But sometimes the coroner's office, sometimes they're working in colludes with the police because you know, I, I with the George Floyd, the coroner's always had said in, in several several cases that they were something else happened. The person was choked. I mean, I mean something else happened, and and, and had not been for that video, I I that the, the coroner's office would not have said it was a homicide. Right. See. Right. So so that so pressure sometimes has to be on them too, I mean because it looks to me that that if that if that was the claim they should have done that but also the gun was they they could do ballistics on the uh on the gun the guy that would have shown had had a, had the gun been fired right away I mean had been fired recently see, you know so um.
Yeah. But 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 the one thing I think that keeps this going is that qualified immunity, because uh, qualified immunity gives a police officer the assurance of knowing that if I harm somebody nine times out of 10, I'm not unless it, unless it's gross cases like the death in uh, Memphis. I mean, they had to be fired. I mean, you know, for what they did, they had to be fired right away. But in other cases, they know they're going to get a three months on uh, um, vacation and they're going to get all their money back. They're going to get every they're going to get their back payback. So what is the incentive not to shoot? Well, and, and also, too, when is enough? What is what is when is it going to be to the place where they say, absolutely, that's enough? Um, what we saw in Memphis, uh, if it had not been caught on video. And I find it very interesting that in Memphis, the video that showed what really happened that was presented came from the plot cameras, the cameras on the telephone pole, right. not the video that the police officers were wearing. That did not show what above showed, which I thought wow. was very interesting. Uh, those of us who don't like those cameras, um, in that instance, it paid off. Wow. That, that's interesting. I, I That was a piece of information I, I was not aware of. But uh, but anyway, but even back to Memphis, they, they the officers were so in their own zone, they didn't even care that they had a body cameras on. Well, it, I, I agree. I, I mean, agree. it's amazing that the body cameras have not deterred them doing their crime. No. I mean, you know, <laughs> wow. Well, so, so wow, one did not have theirs on. Right, that's true. But I mean, I believe I believe that having a body camera on should be uh, should be an, uh, an agreement uh, uh, when you're being hired, and immediately uh, grounds to dismiss you if you ha come with an incident and your camera is not on. I think it should Absolutely. be a prerequisite, a prerequisite of being hired. If 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 the department has um, body cameras, uh, then the, 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 and then if, if they violate that, it's no chances you violated that. You signed it, you knew it, and then you're going to lose your job with no recourse to get your job back. See? Amen. Amen. You know, I agree and, with and, you. and that's what start has to happen. But now is the Justice Department looking in this case? So you all have got in touch with the Justice Department? Well, that's what we were asking the Justice Department to do, is to do the practice, practice evaluation, um, to come in and just really look at to see what Akron has been doing and if we are in alignment with what we should be doing. Right. Constitutional policing. Right. Absolutely. Right. Well, I know that you all are having an event uh, next uh, uh, next week. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Wednesday, May 24th, we're having another Justice for Jalen Walker event. Um, we're going to have it during the day at 3 p.m. Our goal is to disrupt um, and to remind, just remind them of what happened to Jalen Walker and remind them that we are still seeking justice. You know, we look at incidents like the grand jury decision as as the end. We did not right. see it as a part of the process. We live in America. We knew that the chances um, were slim to none, but we were holding on to Mr. Slim. Just holding on that one or two would <laughs> have been yeah. um, um, convicted. But on, on we're having a national march, and that's what we're calling it. Justice for Jalen National March, Wednesday, May 24th at 3 p.m. Um, we have it on our website. And the best part about the work that we've been doing, it's a collaboration. Um, NAACP, Freedom Block. Um, there's an organization of, called Moms Against 
or families against brutality, right. uh, yeah. churches, we're all coming together because we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's and I right. think that's when real change occurs. I do too. I, I, I really do. I, 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 and, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we could be on and we do, uh, our show is a podcast uh, afterwards, so it will be available for other people now and you'll see if they wanted to listen uh, to this side, uh, to, to, to your presentation. Uh, but I got a couple more, if you got a couple more minutes, you have, a, do you, cool. you got a couple I'd more minutes. I'd love to be able to get you the graphic as well. So okay. that you could share that. And okay. So well then I'll send you, I'll send you, uh, I'll send you our email. Uh, uh, for you to do that, and we can post it on our. Uh, we can get it on our on our on our website, Excellent. our mother's well site, our, our website, and then I uh, and then I can also uh, make sure I, I mention it again uh, at, at the next uh, in the next break, uh, the next uh, next uh, once again before we go off. It's going to be May twenty fourth at three o'clock, our national uh, march on justice for uh, Jalen Walker, uh, and you calling for a national march, and you want to disrupt into a. Uh, and to absolutely let people know that uh, that uh, you uh, that Akron, along with other cities in America, want to change in this. You want to change. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, then. Well, I thank you so much for being on my show I, I, so much. And I send greetings uh, to Akron and maybe I'll get to Akron uh, uh, to, to, to be there at once at some time. Well, and on another note, I hope you and I can um, have a conversation about your work on your oversight board, because that was one of the things that we pushed for um, during this investigation period. And we successfully uh, made it a charter amendment. So we have one. But, you know, they need help. And I'll oh, yes, and sometimes you. you got sometimes you got to have a little bit more teeth than what they give you. So right. I so I'd like to talk to you about about the community police commission and how because that was set up during the just up under the consent decree, and now we got to be permanent. The consent decree is the, the justice department is moving to ask the court for relief on the, on the consent decree except for two areas. So uh, yes, I'd love to be able to talk to you more more about that. So. Uh, right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Miss Hill, for being on my uh, being on the Mother's Justice Show, and uh, you, I'll send you my email for Mother's for Police Accountability, and we'll we'll put your uh, fly uh, information out there. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. I'll be right back. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And I love that song. I remember mother and mama in a happy way. I, I always call my mama mama. So <laughs> yesterday was Mother's Day. I had a great day. I train, I, you know, I was when my kids were being uh, raised up and, you know, I was raising my kids. And one of the things I always tried to impress them upon them was that Mother's Day was every day. Every day of the year, Mother's Day is, and so you, um, so I mean, you don't need a, a set holiday to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to be nice to your mother. So any day that you want to be nice to your mother is Mother's Day. That's how I see it. So, uh, so I'm not wedded to that day, 
Uh, in fact, this last past week, I, I had a great Mother's Day uh, 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 week. Uh, I, I, moved, I, I flew out to uh, Chicago uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, two of my sons and my grandson. Uh, my my oldest grandson was graduating there from a uh, from from a university there in Chicago, uh, and it's uh, we had such a great time uh, there. Uh, and my all my sons was there, uh, and uh, three uh, four of my grandkids was there. Yes, three uh, yeah three three four four of my grandkids was there, and then I got to see my other granddaughter when I got back here in Seattle. I uh, like so I had let me get it right, I had. Four grandkids there, and one uh, one uh, grandson was graduating there. I, uh, my sons, and I, uh, and I, uh, my daughter-in-law and her family. Oh, and uh, it was just a great event. And so I've already had some part of my mother's day, uh, and uh, he graduated from Loyola University there in Chicago, with a degree in communication, multimedia communication. Uh, he's 21, uh, and he'll be 22 next month. And so I have four grandkids who have college degrees now. Uh, and I said, wow, this is pretty cool. Three granddaughters and, uh, and my oldest grandson and my youngest grandson is a junior in high school. And so he got an opportunity to go and be with his cousins. And so I had a great Mother's Day weekend, uh, Mother's, Mother's Day week extended. Uh, and so I'm not wedded to the other day around Mother's Day. Uh, and then I always tell my story. Uh, my story is that I had three mamas who loved me. Uh, my birth mother' name was Eunice Levine uh, Walden, uh, and I was uh, and she passed away when I was two years old, going on three. And uh, I was raised by my father's people uh, uh, in Sanford, Florida, born in Jacksonville, raised in Sanford, uh, and uh, my grandfather worked on the railroad. So I was raised by my grandfather, my grandmother, and my grandfather died when I was 10. Uh, so I was raised further on by my grandmother. Uh, and then my father remarried, uh, and, and my stepmother uh, became my stepmother for many, many years. In fact, she just passed away uh, two years ago, this coming June. And so I've always tell the story that I had the pleasure, the pleasure of being loved by three mamas uh, and my stepmother. Uh, my bonus mother is what uh, my kids called uh, their, their their bonus uh, mother, because my former husband passed away uh, two weeks ago, uh, and so they have a bonus mother also. But um, my story around my bonus uh, my uh, my three my third mama uh, is that um, I always got wonderful presents in the my uh, uh, when I was growing up. Uh, what we have now called Federal Express, we used to call it uh, special delivery. And I always got these boxes with beautiful dresses in uh, for Christmas, Easter, and my birthday, and school clothes. And I was talking, having a conversation with my uh, with my stepmother Alice Sinky Walden, and she says, "Oh," and I was thinking of, I was thinking of, I was saying, "Well, my daddy always sent those dresses and things." She said, "No, I sent them." Uh, and she said, "You know, your daddy loved you so much. I needed, I wanted to love you more, and just to think that she spent a whole life of loving me more." And also loving my children and my grandchildren because my granddaughter, who just finished Tuskegee, I was living with her for a while. And Tuskegee is about 30 miles from uh, from Montgomery, 
uh, and my and uh, Alice would take her bags of food uh, on campus and be looking for her almost every other week, even when she was in her nineties, she was doing that. So, um, so anyway, so so I'm really fond of a, a Mother's Day, a little bit different than it was when I was growing up, because when I was growing up, Mother's Day was really hard for me. Because in those days, uh, uh, if your mother was alive, you had a red rose and you sat on one side of the church. And if your mother was deceased, uh, uh, you sat on the other side with a white flower. And at that time, my grandmother's, my great grandmother was still alive on my mother's, on my, on my grandmother's side. And so I mean, my cousin, my cousins would be on the side with the red rose and I'd be on the side with the white, with the white flower. And so I grew up not having a fun relationship with about Mother's Day. But uh, Mr. Y is going to come on here soon. I, I probably going to be coming on, but I'm uh, going to give an update what he's working on. But I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about the history, the forgotten history of Mother's Day. There's a real history behind Mother's Day. And this was Mother's Day before the corporations got it. I, I really, before before the corporations got uh, Mother's Day, uh, Mother's Day was actually was organized during the Civil War uh, by a lady named Mother, uh, Mother Javis, uh, and she had organized the Women Brigade, and she was encouraging women to, to be helpful, no matter who sides, uh, no, and not take sides. Uh, and she, after the war, she proposed the Mother's Friendship Day to promote peace between the Union and the Confederate families. Oh boy, you know, they wouldn't want us to know about peace. Uh, and uh, and their name was uh, Julie Ward Howell. I was a poet and a reformist during the Civil War. She volunteered uh, for the United States a Sanitary Commission. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Helping those to provide old hygiene and, and uh, hygiene for, for the soldiers. Uh, and she also uh, uh, was also this lady also penned the uh, the uh, the battle uh, the the battle hymn of the republic, which was uh, first public in 1862. Um, and uh, and and so she was called the uh, the Mother's Day. She she called for the Mother's Day for peace to dedicate a celebration, a peace for uh, for each side, and to for each side, no matter what side you fought on, to bring the nations together for peace. And uh, and then that's really how it got started. Uh, uh, and that she felt that a gathering would prevent the cruelty of war and the waste of and the waste of life, since mothers of mankind alone bear and know the cost. And so, really, she was against the war. You would call her an anti-war protester. Uh, but see what happens when corporations and governments want to keep history away from you. And that's the same thing that's going down in Florida now. Uh, is that. Uh, <laughs> They wanted to make sure that people don't know history, uh, and so I was um, I was involved with that with 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 a person named Lonnie Nelson who actually knew history, uh, and she told me the history of Mother's Day. And then when you have to dig deep for this history, because what comes up is popular history, popular culture history, and it does not tell the real truth about about Mother's Day in America. So Mother's Day was organized to be a day for mothers to stand up for peace and to stand up against war because mothers understand the burden of war and what happens, uh, the cost of war when the, or mankind, when, when, when their husbands or their sons go off to war. So she had, and so the version of it kind of went away, but her daughter, uh, her daughter, after Ann uh, Revis uh, Jarvis died in, uh, in 1905, her daughter, Miss Ann, uh, Ann, Anna Jarvis from Philadelphia, 
wished to memorialize her mother's life. And she started a campaign again for Mother's Day. And I think uh, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson, as the president, uh, made it a national holiday. I mean, uh, proclaimed it that way. But uh, it got started absolutely because of um, because of war. And here we are. Here, war is still going on in the world. Uh, and sons are still dying. Husbands are still dying. And grandfathers are growing old, uh, being, you know, with the scars of war still in their brain. So uh, anyway, she died in 1905. So that this is a real history here about um, about Mother's Day, and I think it's really really important for us to always know uh, what we're celebrating and why. Because once the corporations get get it, it will change, and then it gets to be about Hallmark. <laughs> it's get about buying gifts. It gets to be about other things, and nobody's talking about give peace a chance. Uh, what would happen if we had peace? Uh, those kinds of things. What would happen if boys wasn't going off to war? And of course, America don't have a draft anymore, but we still got soldiers deployed uh, all across the country uh, in a lot of different places. So, uh, so, so I think it's really important for us to understand that uh, and give peace a chance. I mean, because this lady was interested in peace and, and not any retaliation because she wanted to help the Confederate side and the Union soldiers. She wanted to help uh, both sides uh, uh, move past the uh, hatred. Uh, and uh, and that hatred is still here with us today. I mean, it's so it is so uh, thick. You can you can cut it with a you can cut it with a uh, wow. You you it's so thick you can actually slice it like like you would slice bread. That's how thick the, the hatred is. So we're gonna take a break right now. Uh, you listen to the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty a.m. KKNW, and we'll be right back. Thank you. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intra, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Damage from wildfires is devastating and traumatic. After wildfires, dishonest contractors show up hoping to make a quick buck from your insurance claim. They'll promise anything if they can get you to sign a contract, collect your payment in advance, and ultimately do no work at all. Avoid being the victim of contractor fraud. Get estimates from at least three contractors. Check references and remember, if you didn't request it, reject it. To report fraud, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. This is a public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And my mama, mama, our mamas did tell us it would be days like this. Uh, but, you know, sometimes in our haste to grow up, we might not really understood this, uh, what, what she's talking about. Uh, Mr. Rye is going to zoom on here in a few minutes, probably. Uh, but I want to give a quick uh, uh, recap of my uh, uh, my first guest was uh, Ms. Julia Hill. 
uh, out of uh, Akron, Ohio. She's the president of the NAACP uh, there. It's 100 years old. Uh, and they're having a national uh, march uh, uh, for Jalen Walker uh, I, on May 24th at 3 o'clock. Uh, and they're looking for change. Uh, uh, and it's a collaboration of uh, organizations there in Akron uh, that, that's putting this on. Uh, uh, Mr. Jalen, uh, it was a traffic stop for equipment, uh, and uh, he wound up losing his life. He did not have a warrant out. Uh, uh, and it's reported that he might have shot some, uh, at one of the officers, but uh, it's been no verification of that. 90 uh, rounds were shot uh, uh, at this human being, and 40 of those uh, 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 bullets are registered in his body. Uh, 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 actually, it only takes one to render somebody dead. Uh, and so it was a it was a it was a killing uh, uh, spree uh, uh, that happened in the grand jury. I uh, did not bring any charges. Did not uh, uh, they exonerated the um, the police officers uh, uh, that was involved with this shooting. Uh, and uh, and so they've asked for the Justice Department to come in to do a pattern and practice uh, and uh, and look at the uh, uh, Akron Police Department. And also, we talked about uh, changing the culture, changing the words. Uh, I mean, changing the narrative because they're these are these are police officers. They are not public servants. They are public employees. I'm a public servant. I'm serving the public, <laughs> and I'm not getting a paycheck. Okay, uh, Mr. Hill is a public servant. Okay, so let's change the narrative on this. They are absolutely paid employees by city funds. If you work for the city, the state, the county. You are a public, uh, uh, you, you, you are, you're getting paid on public money. You're not, you're a public employee. You're not a public servant because you're not serving. You, you're serving because you're getting paid. You're not, if, if these were volunteer jobs, it would be no police officers in America. But these are constitutional jobs, I, 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 and they get paid. Uh, but uh, they, we have to change the narrative on that. So make sure you, uh, she's going to send you a, 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 a graphics to mothers, uh, and we're going to post it on our website. Also, you can listen to us on podcasts. We are available on, on podcasts uh, after, after the show uh, uh, there on 1150 AM KKNW. But uh, also on the uh, last Monday, last Wednesday of the month, we uh, mothers going to have our monthly meeting. Our guest uh, speaker is going to be... Uh, uh, the attorney named Avonda Sargent. You might remember her from the Wingate case. Uh, uh, Mr. Wingate was walking down the streets with this golf club that he uses when he's walking, because he also golf and um, and uh, uh, and that he wound up being arrested. Had never been arrested in his 72 years, charged with a crime, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, and everybody kind of overlooked this case. And I did think of a former representative Don Mason. Got actively in this case and uh, and got and got some got some real the results. Uh, the the officer eventually did lose the job, but got a payout from the Seattle Police Department anyway. So uh, anyway, it's a great attorney, uh, and this information that we need to know about her case that uh, that uh, she decided. Uh, I think she won it at the uh, at the Supreme Court level here in Washington State. I don't know if it went to the Ninth Circuit, but we don't have all that information. Tell your friends about mothers. We're still we're still doing the work, and just like uh, Miss Hill was talking about, uh, trying to you know uh, empowering young people to get involved uh, with these organizations for the long haul. I mean, because I, actually everything does not happen uh, at, at the speed of lightning or the speed of light. <laughs> light travels faster than democracy. 
Uh, and we haven't had a real democracy in a long time, or oh, this is a republic, because I, I have a friend on Facebook, and she's a great photographer. Her name is Susan Fried. Uh, she's in Germany right now. Her ancestors are, are got a visa out of uh, out of um, out of Germany uh, uh, to escape what was happening there with Hitler, and um, and a lot of people in America don't know that Americans uh, uh, were sympathizers and supporters of uh, of Hitler. And also the idea of of of, of, of segregation and uh, that type of thing. Uh, uh, that's one of the things that he looked at. He looked at how the Negroes was treated in America, uh, and then when when uh, Hitler went about what he was uh, what was doing in Germany. So sometimes people think that we've always had a homogeneous country and people was trying to uh, to work together. That's not the truth of that's not the true America. Uh, 18 million uh, uh, Native Americans uh, uh, was killed, uh, uh, you know, rapidly. I mean, it's been 500 years now since the uh, colonizers came, uh, and and that type of thing. So, uh, so we have to look at uh, at that what has happened in America, and be willing to tell the truth about it. We can't unring the bell. That's just the truth. It's nothing you can do about it, but you can do better going forward, and that's what history wants to tell us. History wants to show us that. Oh boy, we messed up. It was horrible. We treated people terrible. We did some things as human beings that we shouldn't have ever done to another human being. We can't fix that, but what we can do, we can be determined going forward that we'll be different people. We'll be determined that we're gonna see people as equals as human beings uh, and knowing that they, that they have something to be, uh, that they're okay. <laughs> uh, they have a right to be on the planet. And that's really what it is. We all have a right to be here. Uh, and, that's, and that's the beauty of life. No one uh, has a right over your, your rights. Uh, as though, uh, it has no, no, uh, you, you shouldn't have no greater rights than anybody else. Because really and truly, we all breathe oxygen. We all need clean water and we need oxygen to, be, to, to have a great life. So um, anyway, but I went to the risk of really challenge yourself and look up the history, the forgotten history of, uh, of Mother's Day. You'll be empowered. Women has been making a difference in the world ever since the world has been. <laughs> Women has been making a difference in the world, and we continue to do that. And just reading this story, what this woman wanted to do, she wanted to bring peace. Women are natural peacemakers if you let us be. Uh, and then you look at the history of, of all this contribution that women continue to bring, even during the time when women are being oppressed and being harmed uh, uh, by, by, by society with the laws that they want to have to put on women. So I hope that a lot, of, I hope that the mothers out there, the grandmothers and the aunties uh, had a nice uh, Mother's Day. I also, I post the posts out there for all the mothers who, who um, Mother's Day was very hard for them. I mean, you know, I'm a mother who 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 has a child in spirit. My son passed away in uh, 2005, so it doesn't matter at the end of the day how your son passed away or how your child passed away. You're still part of a club that no mother wants to be in, really and truly. I mean, a lot of babies that was born today, all the babies that was born in the world today didn't live. Some women went home today without their baby, uh, uh, and the baby didn't live. And then you have some. Women, I, I, grandmothers, you know, bearing their, bearing their grandkids, and that's what is happening. And I guess it's always happened in some ways in the world, 
we just didn't really know about it because the communication was not then what it is now. What happens in, in, in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, we know it by dinner time or before dinner time. So that's how the world, that's how, that's how we're so connected. And oxygen and water still connects us. We got to have oxygen. I mean, and just think about oxygen. It's an equal opportunity. It's for everybody. I mean, if man could stop oxygen, and maybe maybe the people who want to run the world might find a way to do that. But we're all privileged to breathe. We're all privileged to have air, to breathe, and to be able to get the, get the air down in our lungs and to force the blood to, to circulate in our body. It's a privilege. And we're all privileged to have clean water. And we know in some places they don't have clean water. Uh, and so we, we, we want to be able to, to have a world that works for all people. You know, Mother's Justice Show uh, actually is really about justice. Uh, and But justice is a lot of different places. And justice is, is, uh, is a way to look at justice, is to look at, to look at the world and to see how we can make the world better, whether, we, whether it's clean water. I mean, because we know the Navajos don't have clean water on, on the res. I mean, uh, whether it's uh, uh, police officers stop shooting people, especially unarmed people who have not really committed a crime. It's not a crime crime. It's not a capital defense and to go to gallows because your equipment on your car isn't working. I mean, they don't send you to the electric chair for those kinds of crimes. So we have to continue to be aware of our own humanity, our own goodness. We have to be aware of our own goodness and actually stand up for goodness. And it's okay. It's okay if you're a good guy. It's okay. Good guys don't don't always finish last. Good guys, wherever you wherever you plant the seeds of goodness, goodness comes back. So I don't think Mr. Ryan's going to make it today. So you've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show, and I, I hope you enjoyed the show today. And my guests, and remember, you can catch us on the podcast. If you listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM, KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden, and it's always a joy to be on the air. I just love radio. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great, great week. Drink plenty of water. Stay hydrated. And find an air condition to sit up under. All right. This is your host, Reverend Walden. Thank you.